This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. There is nothing wrong with your radio. Do not attempt to adjust the frequency. We are controlling transmission. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limit frequency. Good evening, my name is Sam. My name is Ricardo. And this is the outer limit frequency. Metal was for a very long time very male-dominated, both in the musicians and the fans. As such, it was also pretty uh, macho, really sexist, really overcompensating masculinity, and just not healthy towards any non-straight, cisgendered, meat-eating, muscle-car-loving male. This has gotten much better over time, but you do still have your thrash bands being typical macho thrash, along with many other forms of metal being the same they always were. Tonight we take a look at some of the artists who have done away with this stereotype and are decidedly non-macho metal. For the longest time, it was widely accepted that black metal was metal's most gatekeepered subgenre, nigh on impenetrable to outsiders. In fact, it took until the early 2010s before that perception had been eroded in any significant way. It was around then that some bands began to be recognised for their use of black metal's motifs and unique sonic charms without having to buy into the at-times problematic subculture. It wasn't long before groups like Alcest, Wolves in the Throne Room and Blut Ars Nord were gaining some serious critical acclaim with their deconstructed and repurposed post-black metal sound. In 2013, San Francisco's Deaf Heaven released their second album, Sunbather, which completed the demystification of black metal by becoming one of the most highly regarded and talked about albums of the year. True cult devotees would unironically complain that this hipsterization of black metal was blasphemous. Personally, I saw it as the dissolution of this intriguing genre's final bastion of unchallenged machismo, and it's groups like Deaf Heaven that are to thank slash blame for that. But then their latest album happened, and no one knows what to think. From that album, this is Deaf Heaven with The Nashing.
On an episode about non-macho metal, so-called hair metal has to be talked about. And any of those bands could make it onto this episode for challenging the supposed image that a metal musician was meant to have. The issue is that aside from the image, many of these guys were still pretty annoyingly macho. Axl Rose always had to be the tough guy, for example. Molly Crew would be a good pick, but I always considered them more punk than metal. So instead, we're going with Twisted Sister, because everything about them. The image, the name, D. Snyder, not macho at all. D. Snyder famously disputed their song Under the Blade being sadomasochistic and essentially said that it's actually meant to be taken literally. It's about surgery. Sure, he could have been trying to just be antagonistic, as he was for pretty much the entire court case, but let's just take his word for it. These guys are your typical rock stars, just with a lot of makeup and a very left-wing disposition. Your polar opposite of Ted Nugent. And for that, we adore them. This is Stay Hungry.
I don't know about you, but the more that somebody tries to take themselves seriously, the harder it is for me to take them seriously. And apparently I'm not the only one. In 2004, the eternally prolific Buckethead released his Enter the Chicken album in partnership with Serge Tankian's Surgical Strike Records. It's a bloody marvellous record, by the way, and it features Serge himself among the guest collaborators. But the one song that always caught my attention was Fun Bus, featuring OG Power Violence band Bad Acid Trip. Fun Bus is a send-up of metal's obsession with seriousness, and the result is violently tongue-in-cheek. It laments the dearth of humour in heavy music and pokes fun at the insecurities of those who gatekeep it so vigorously. So remember, boys and girls, it's more important to be tough than to have any fun, right?
that like I feel Buddhist really priests come from a time where people were far less accepting than they should have been. I mean, we still aren't at the right point even now, but it's a whole lot better than it was. And this is largely why Rob Halford had to hide his sexuality for so long, because there was no way people would have accepted a gay man at the front of a heavy metal band. However, after leaving the band in 91 and coming out in 98, he was surprised to find out how accepted he was by the metal community. Sure, there are people that instantly became anti-Judas priest, but the majority of his peers and his fans were in full support. Halford rejoined Judas Priest in 2003 and hasn't looked back. The man who loves cats and refers to himself as the stately homo of heavy metal is still going strong and Judas Priest has never been better. They stand as an icon for people who don't fit into your typical manly man metal stereotype and have inspired tons of musicians because of it. This is Lightning Strikes.
few years ago, Party Cannon went viral after being booked on some very serious metal festival bills. The Scottish death metalers stood out from their peers for one very simple reason. Their logo. Where most extreme metal bands favour the jagged, the spidery and the illegible, Party Cannon had their band's name written in brightly coloured, easy to read, childlike font. They even wrote the R backwards, but more in like a birthday clown way, not an edgy core nu metal way. But don't let their graphic design fool you. These self-described cute boys who like weird music are every bit as brutal as the rest, as evidenced on their very recently released album, Volumes of Vomit. This is Party Cannon with Naked Beach Frenzy. oblivion drinking the rise of new metal gave way to a whole new breed of grunting caveman like masculinity just with more slap bass but it also introduced us to a few women who would stand apart from the rest in a good way kitty were an extremely important act being one of the first all-women bands to make any kind of name for themselves but as far as new metal goes i just can't get past otep I mean, she already stood out to me as the best thing about that entire scene, and it's certainly at least partly because of her subject matter and her entire persona. 
She's an extremely outspoken member of the LGBTQ community, as well as a supporter of animal rights and human rights in general, targeting the obvious LGBTQ issues, as well as racism. Sure, she does it in the most angry and aggressive way possible, but it can't always be peace and love, right? This is Otep with no colour.
This one can be a little hard to justify because much of what Rob Zombie has done can be looked at as, I guess, sexist. But I also kind of disagree. Yeah, much of his music, his music videos, and even bits of his movies can be quite sexually charged, but that's not necessarily sexist. Also taken into account that most of this is played either tongue-in-cheek or in a way that's him kind of just showing off his wife. Speaking of his wife, both Rob and Shuri Moon Zombie run a large rescue for farm animals at their own house. And as I'm sure you could guess, uh, they are ethical vegans. The music is also more either sexual jokes or horror-based rather than your typical metal macho. He's more of a carny than a biker. And then there are the songs that just don't mean anything at all, like Sick Bubblegum. Hey, we all know how we're going to die, baby. We're going to crash and burn. Yeah. 
Emin Guliev is a man on a mission. Using his one-man black metal project, Violet Cold, he is trying to challenge both metaldom's toxicity and also the fierce conservatism of his home country of Azerbaijan. Violet Cold has always included some fairly radical political leanings, especially Emin's staunch anti-fascist stance, which definitely rubbed his government the wrong way. But things were pushed to a whole new level in 2021. His most recent record, Empire of Love, is defiantly pro-LGBT and calls attention to the human rights abuses and hate crimes made towards this community that unfortunately his home country is notorious for. Just in case he hadn't quite made his point yet, the album's cover is a rainbow version of the Azerbaijani flag. Yeah, I'm sure that went down a treat in the hyper-conservative, predominantly Muslim nation. In making this stance in this very provocative way, Guliev accepts that he runs the risk of making himself a target of hate crimes by proxy, but it's all in a day's work for metal's most hardcore ally. How'd he even walk with balls that big? This is Violet Cold with Togetherness. Lovely.
Cannibal Corpse is extremely macho. I'm in no way saying that they're not. They are your typical death metal band in almost every way. The things that make them less typical, however, are two things. First, their subject matter is based almost entirely on their horror movie fandom. There's next to no real sexism or other messed up subject matter. It's just very gory. And then there's the real life of the frontman Corpse Grinder, or as he's known to his family, George Fisher. I cannot properly explain this guy, so just go and look up videos of him. Big metal dude, loves playing soft toy claw machines and donating toys to charity. And then there's also his love of Disney. The separation of the man from his job is just insane. And it had to be mentioned here. Anyway, this is Inhumane Harvest. Everything must go. One of the victims dies. 
past 20 odd years mastodon have proved time and time again that while yes they are ostensibly a heavy sludge metal band they also have a heart 
let's jump back to 2011 to the release of their fifth album, The Hunter, to further explore this idea. The record's closing track is entitled The Sparrow, and it was dedicated to their accountant's wife, who passed away during the writing of the album. Her life's motto and parting message to the world at her funeral was to pursue happiness with diligence. Mastodon was so moved by this that they wrote The Sparrow to honour her message. The result is one of the most soulful, moving, and emotional songs ever made that also contains a wicked guitar solo. I also applaud the fact that the woman's heartfelt advice are the only words on the track. It's one of the most beautiful songs ever produced by the entire genre of heavy metal. The Sparrow is about as unmacho as it gets, and we should all strive to pursue happiness with diligence.
Death metal along with thrash are the two subgenres of metal that are probably historically the most typically macho. Death metal was so male-dominated that when Angelo Gosso and Arch Enemy came along, they were met with some pretty serious hesitation. Your typical death metal fans were never going to be fans of them because of the simple fact that they were led by a woman. Gosso was great, but she's not actually the target here. Instead, we're talking specifically about her replacement, Alyssa White-Glues, who, while she may have a bit of a reputation as being difficult from the media, she's also become a bit of a mentor to other women in metal who want to channel that more aggressive screaming style. Along with this, she's also a vegan and animal rights activist, which again plays against the macho stereotype. Then the song Subject Matter, which never gets into your typical death metal territory. Sure, it can often be as cheesy as many death metal lyrics, but without the trying really hard to be tough. This is their latest single, House of Mirrors. Hello. 
So thank you once again for joining us in our look at non-macho metal acts. And if you like what you heard, jump onto Spotify and check out some of our old episodes. There's a whole lot of them waiting for you. And since you're coming back next week, we will be having a look at some of the side projects, solo projects, and supergroups that perhaps did not live up to their potential. We are looking next week at the underachievers. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.